Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Monday, February the 27th, 2023. It is a chilly but sunny morning by the window here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Uh, the exciting weather news is that we are apparently going to get some actual snow accumulation later this evening for the first time um, this year. I, technically, we had less than an inch dusting a few weeks ago, which um, counted, but not really because it didn't really stick. But um, yeah, getting our first snow on February 27th, which um, is kind of weird. Uh, let's see. First of all, two things before I kind of get into it is um, one is I'm trying to start a newsletter that's basically a newsletter version of this. And my idea was to do it every day. And I've no have <laughs> not done that um, at all. I've done two over the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to try to do them more often. But you can sign up at conraddoucette.substack.com um, if you are interested. And the other thing is I Get Wild is playing on Friday, March 10th at Littlefield for those of you who are local. And for those of you who are upstate, we're playing someplace called the Falcon in Marlboro um, on um, Thursday, April 20th, 420. So there's that. Oh, and we're playing Thursday, March or Friday, March 24th at John and Peters in New Hope, Pennsylvania. If anyone is there, too. Um, I think my friend Johnny A is coming to that one. But um, oh, and, and my friend Gabe said he would come to the Marl Marlboro show, the Falcon show. Anyway, so those two things. Okay, uh, let's see. What when was the last one of these? February fourth. Okay, uh, so it's been like a little more than three weeks. Well, uh, neighborhood news. The big news is that Sal's Pizza closed. Sal's on the corner of Court and DeGraw, which had been there forever. Sal. Sal's son, John, was the pizza owner dude, and I guess he wa he retired, or he's been wanting to retire, and he finally retired. So he closed up shop yesterday. I didn't realize yesterday was the last day until almost the end of the day. I would have gotten a slice. Um, it was good neighborhood slice joint. Uh, I will miss it because it was across the street, but also there is much better... Um, high-end highfalutin pizza in the neighborhood and there's also coincidentally a new slice shop that opened a year ago called smith street pizza which is for me kind of like um is a fine replacement for sal's in terms of the uh you know your friendly neighborhood new york city slice joint um because smith street pizza is great uh it is unfortunately a five minute walk away as opposed to a 30 second walk away but um it is what it is, but so long, Sal's. Um, so anything else? Oh, the uh, the new restaurant Breakfast by Salt's Cure opened on Court and President. It looks like it's going to be packed, and I'll probably never go unless I go at 8 in the morning or if I go on a weekday morning. Uh, but I know my friend Pete has been there with um, his kids, and I think they loved it. Um, seems pretty good. I would love to take Oliver because he loves pancakes and, uh, 
maybe I could broaden his mind and not tell him what's in the pancakes I'm ordering him. But, uh, okay, so Sal's closed. That place opened. Um, I think those are the only closings and openings. Uh, yeah, haven't done too much local dining because um, we were away for a week. Oh, I went to Gersey with Oliver. Um, we had a solo dinner there two weeks ago, which was great because he has spent the last few months not wanting to leave the house or go eat at a restaurant for various reasons. I think one is he just doesn't want to go outside, but the other thing is also he's in his routine of using his iPad at dinner, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but he's starting to get over that, and he sees this as a kind of like sign that he's growing older, which is cool. He kept saying, let's go out to restaurants since it's almost my birthday. I was like, fine, sounds good to me. Um, he's turning 10 in a couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, that was the other big news. Went out to a restaurant. All right, let's see. Um, exciting concert happenings. I went to Bob Weir at the Capitol Theater on Friday the 10th. Um, this this would be Bobby Weir and Wolf Bros featuring the Wolf Pack. So it's Bob Weir, Don Was on bass, um, Jay Lane on drums, and then the Wolf Pack is like three or four horns, which are awesome. Barry Celeste on pedal steel and Jeff Comenti on keyboards. Um, and I personally prefer Bob Weir to Dead and Company these days. Um, I think it's just he gets to be more himself. There's no lead guitar unless you count the pedal steel, which um, I think results in a kind of beautiful translation of the music as opposed to more of a strict like reading of how the songs should be, so to speak. Uh, but anyway, the Weir show was awesome. So I had been deciding all day whether to drive up or to take the train. Taking the train would be just easier. Um, I could, you know, not have to worry about not having uh, beers or anything like that. And it's better for the environment, obviously. But also, it takes like two hours to get home um, on the train, whereas it would take under an hour in a car. So I was thinking, what do I do? Finally, I decided to take the train. And I actually made myself late because I was <laughs> pacing around the apartment deciding what to do. But um, but it was a good decision because I went down to the F train and when I got on, who gets on at the next stop, but my friend, uh, David Andrago. So we spoke for it. He was going up to the Carlisle hotel to shoot a show. So we ended up taking the F train and then the six train and I got off at grand central. So I had a whole ride that went by in like five minutes, um, because I was talking to him. And then when I got to Grand Central, I realized I was running late and I literally kind of jogged through Grand Central to get to the platform. And I got there in enough time to at least walk down half the length of the train and find a car with a seat or basically a row to myself, which is what I wanted. And I got a window seat and the train departs. And the first stop, of course, is um, Harlem 125th Street and so a bunch of people get on, and then somebody sits in my row, um, like it's me in the window seat, empty middle seat, and then someone took this aisle seat. And I look over, and I feel like I recognize him, and I was like, I think that's Nick um, Palmgarten, the writer for The New Yorker. 
and um, I googled him uh, while sitting next to him to like look at a, fi- a photo of him and to look over and I was like yeah I think that's him and I thought about introducing myself um, but I decided to wait until we were closer to Port Chester because in case he didn't feel like talking then it wouldn't be awkward for as long and to give some context here the reason I'm interested in talking to Nick Palmgarten is because he wrote the article in the New Yorker in 2013 or 2012 called Deadhead which was like one of those New Yorker like it's the longest article of the issue type things and it was one of the first um, kind of signs of back when the whole when the Grateful Dead were coming back into just beginning to enjoy this renaissance of exploding popularity that's um, been just kind of wild for the last 10 years this article was sort of written at the beginning of that Um, and also if you saw the Amazon documentary Long Strange Trip he is a talking head in the final couple of parts Um, the segments where Al Franken is also a talking head and I really liked what he was saying because what Nick was saying because he talked about how he got into it through the culture of like being at boarding school and there were kids with the tapes at boarding school and that is just about exactly how I got into it all and um, was tapes at, at a boarding school so I had a good time talking to Nick we talked about books actually almost the entire time um, and then when we got off the train he said well let's look let's go in and get a drink so we met his friend Richard who turns out to be the artist Richard DuPont who was awesome and we go into the Capitol Theater and have a couple of beers. And then they go off to their um, box seats. And I stayed on the floor. Enjoyed the first set by myself, sort of at, at the back. And then for the second set, I was texting with my friend David Goldstein. And I met him up on the uh, house left, stage right, Jeff Comenti side. Um, like about a third of the way um, from the stage. So very good spot. And that's where I enjoy the second set great great show and then me and david and his friend eric um took the metro north back to the city uh the train back to the city from the capitol theater after a show is just funny because it's all just um concert goers in a in a fine and celebratory mood so that was fun and then when we got to grand central i went down to the 456 platform to take a train back to the hood and within one minute, an Express 4 train arrived. And um, I was back at Borough Hall in like 10 minutes and then had a 10-minute walk from there. So taking the train was the right idea, both there and back. Great show, Bob Weir show. Uh, let's see. What did I do? Was it the next night? Oh, yeah. The next night I went to Mama Tried in Sunset Park, which I've spoken about on this podcast before mama tried is on third avenue and 27th street right under the bq uh the well i guess it's the gowanus expressway at that point and um we saw well we went with my friend eric and eric and uh eric knows these people through school but i'd met this guy once uh this guy pete thompson from new orleans and he once a year puts together a mardi gras show and my friends were involved, including David Nagler and Mike Phillips. And he asked me to play. Pete did. And I just felt I couldn't commit because I had a busy week that week. And um, I'm okay with not playing it, although I love to play gigs. But 
next year, uh, if he does this again, which he says he will, I'm definitely going to play because it was so much fun to watch and enjoy as a um, attendee. But it was a great band, and it was a lot of fun. Just classic Mardi Gras songs, Big Chief and Ico Ico and that sort of deal. So that was a great night. Um, so big weekend, Capitol Theater and Mama Tried. Uh, let's see. It was a quiet week after that, and then, of course, we had winter break here in New York City Public Schools. So we went away for five days. We went to Cincinnati which we had not been to in a year since last year's winter February break. Um, had a great flight. Oliver really enjoyed it. He loves flying, as do I. And it was his first time in the new Delta Terminal C at LaGuardia, which is awesome. Um, and he wanted to explore it to begin with, but then the fact that there were all these globes hanging in the main head house, he loves globes, so he was really into that. We had a nice flight, took a, a lift car back to my mom's house. And that evening, my sister and her family came over and I picked up La Rosa's pizza. Oliver and I, before that, went to Half Price Books, the used bookstore. And he bought a little geography book and I bought Douglas Copeland's Polaroids from the Dead. I have been reminding myself to look for Douglas Copeland every time I'm in a used bookstore because as far as I can tell, he's not really in print anymore. So I want to get all those old 90s books, which I feel like I've read half of them. Um, Polaroids from the Dead I've read and I used to own and I got rid of at some point. And now I own it again. And I'm glad I do. Uh, Life After God, <laughs> I would like to find one day. Um, I remember that was in the bathroom of my sophomore year or junior year apartment in Ann Arbor. Um, that is a bathroom book if there ever was one because it's like one or two page chapters, the whole book. Um. And they they did it at this bookstore. They did have a copy of Microsurfs, but it was kind of beat up, so I didn't want to buy it. But uh, that was the first night. Second night, went we went over to our friend Brian and Beth's house, and Brian's brother uh, Scott and family was in town too. So we had a big old fun hang, and um, Scott and Brian and I took all of our collective kids to the playground, a couple blocks away. It was fun to see this playground because my nephews went to this school that the playground was at for a few years uh, before going to their current school. Um, but just a fun hang doing that. And then, yeah, the rest of the week in Cincinnati was pretty chill. I took all the days off. I didn't work. Oliver and I went to various playgrounds. We went to the Voice of America Museum up in um, Westchester, Ohio, they call it, north of, north of 275, the Ring Road. Voice of America was... This is a museum where the old uh, actual broadcast towers for the Voice of America was, which was founded in World War II as a, as a means of like foreign broadcast um, to get the American way of life out there and to combat uh, Soviet and German radios, the propaganda of their own. So anyway, this is a huge park with all these huge radio towers that used to exist. They tore the radio towers down in the 90s when Voice of America was decommissioned, or not decommissioned, but stopped broadcasting and went on to other forms of um, communic of broadcasting, just not over the air. And my dad used to volunteer at the Voice of America at the actual relay station. So we went there. It's such a small museum. It's only open four hours <laughs> on Saturdays and Sundays, and it's basically a guided tour by old-timers like my dad who knows all this radio stuff. It was very fun. 
Um, another museum we went to was the National Museum of the United States Air Force, which is in Dayton, right near the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. I used to go to this museum every year as a kid with my dad, and I've not been back since the 80s. And it is awesome. It is four gigantic hangars of Air Force military aircraft, starting in the Wright Brothers era and going up to space. Uh, notable aircraft include the original Memphis Bell. I guess there are, it's such a famous plane that there are a couple of copies in existence, which they don't hide the fact that they're copies, but this is the original Memphis Bell. Uh, there is the, oh my gosh, what's it called? Box Score, B-O-C-K-S Score, which is the plane that dropped uh, the second atomic bomb, uh, the one on Nagasaki. So that is there. Uh, just inc some incredible B-52s from the Cold War era. They have, a, they have a MiG that a North Korean defected with in 1953. Really amazing. They have the Apollo 15 command module on loan from the Smithsonian. There is a Titan IV rocket. There is a space shuttle training uh, vehicle. There is the SAM-26000, which, which was Air Force One, starting with JFK as 707. And it is the plane that brought JFK to Dallas and brought his casket back. And if you've ever seen the famous photograph of LBJ uh, taking the oath of office on a plane, that is on this plane. So we walked there and it is, you know, the 707 is not a 747. It is a small three by three, essentially plane. So it's tiny. I mean, relatively for an Air Force One. So it is kind of amazing to be on this plane and just think all of all of the things that happened on it. Anyway, great, great museum. And afterwards, we drove over um, on the to the other side of the grounds, which is the Huffman Prairie Flying Field, which is where the Wright brothers used to um, practice flying. And it is also also gave the name to an outstanding Guided by Voices song, which is the last song on their last album before they broke up, but before they came back. Um, but good day in Dayton. And then um, let's see. Yeah, we went over to Brian Best's house again, hung out, saw friends Roth and Pete, did some more hanging in the Hyde Park in Oakley, lunch with my family, went to King Arthur's Court Toys. I got ice cream at Aglamisa's Brothers. Oh my gosh, there's a flag store in Oakley Square called Flags USA, two G's, Flags USA. And Oliver's so into flags, as you guys know, and so this whole store was flags, and he walked in and he yelled out, this store is my dream come true, and it was very heartwarming. So we let him buy a bunch of little tiny country flags. It was something like um, 12 for $10 or something. So we let him go nuts. And then we came back, and it's been quiet ever since, and now we're back. And it's March in due days. Crazy. So that's been the week. Let's see. Looking at music. Oh, well, geez. The album I've been listening to nonstop for a few days is... Um, Working on a World, but the new album by Iris Dement, the folk singer that's been around since the 90s, and she doesn't put out music too often. This is her first album in, I think, something like eight years. And it's just so good. It's just really um, pleasant, fantastic modern folk music, and it's just got a bunch of protest songs on it, including... The song called Going Down to Sing in Texas, which I think has got to be the best protest song of like <laughs> in the conversation of the best protest songs this century. It's like probably Iris Dement, Run the Jewels and, and like, I don't know, Rage Against the Machine. I can't think of anything else. But um, 
Anyway, highly recommend that album. This Stupid World by Yola Tango uh, is maybe the most enjoyable for me Yola Tango album in a long time. Great album. They keep just getting better, which is kind of amazing to say. Uh, Listen to the new Ron Sexsmith album called The Vivian Line. Ron Sexsmith, great singer-songwriter, native of St. Catharines, Ontario. And in fact, he's from the Western Hill neighborhood, which is the neighborhood I went to high school in, which I wrote Ron Sexsmith about in 1995 when his debut album came out. And he wrote me right back that afternoon. Um, And I've met him a few times. In fact, I remember seeing him at the Shepherd's Bush Empire in 1997 in London. And then when I moved to New York two months later, and he did an in-store at the Tower Records at 66 and Broadway. I went to that in-store because I was unemployed. It was really weird. It was like in the afternoon on a weekday. It's like, I don't know who they expected to be there, but I, well, I was there. And I talked to him after, and I brought my ticket to sign, which is kind of funny. Did I have him sign it? I guess so. I just wanted to show him. I was like, look, I was at your Shepherd's Bush Empire show. And he was pretty blown away by that. And he said it was his first headlining show in London. And so that was very nice. Anyway, great new album by Ron Sexsmith, as usual, because his albums are all good. Books. I finally fingered, fit, uh, finished A Spy Among Friends by Ben McIntyre about Kim Philby and, um, like, basically the Soviet spy ring and British Secret Service, and it is so, so good. Oh, highest highest recommendation. Just a page-turner of a book that's nonfiction, which is amazing. And I read this book called Stepping Back from the Ledge by Laura Trujillo, 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 probably. Um, She is a Cincinnati-based writer that is uh, friends with my friend Beth in Cincinnati. And Beth gave me the book. And this book is about the author's uh, author losing her mother to suicide and dealing with all of that. Um, Very good book. Very quick read. Um, Just a kind of like quick memoir. And I'm still reading Essays by Lydia Davis. I hope to finish that this week. Um, It is oddly a quick read, although you could also make it a short read if you really wanted to. Since it's very academic, you know, it reads as fast as you want it to. And I have started a book called The Shortest History of the Soviet Union by Sheila Fitzpatrick. That is fantastic. It's a 200-page history of the Soviet Union, and it is so good. Um, And that is it. I don't want to ruin my voice. It's already Monday morning. Um, All right. So this has been episode 99 of the Conrad Life Report, episode 99. Next one will be 100. Um, Hmm. 100. Okay. All right. Reporting from the window here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, on Monday, February 27th, 2023. This has been episode 99 of the Conrad Life Report. See you next time.